Hello everybody, this is Jim Barton and I'm here with Reverend Abigail Conley and this is another episode of Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. Um, so today we're doing another topic of um, concepts that there is a controversy in the Bible about and the concept that we're talking about now is uh, different models of God or how we image God. Imaging, I'm distinguishing it from imagining in that imaging being how we create something in our brains of, that's real but we have to create that image in our heads in order to process it. Um, Abby, you have a friend who has a particular feelings about this topic? Yes, he says that every time we talk about models of God, a puppy dies. <laughs> so, And he is the same person who named his daughter for one of the necessary tenets of the Christian faith. And her name is Trinity. So nice. You well, can tell he has strong opinions about right, this. Right, right. He's a recovering Pentecostal as well, is that right? Yes. Yeah, all right. Well, anyway, well, maybe don't let your friend hear the uh, hear the podcast, I guess. Um, so, you know, one of the statistics that I wanted to talk about before we jump into this is that I have a, a book that was written in 1997 which says consistently 95% of Americans claim to believe that God exists. Nowhere close to 95% of Americans went to church or were religious or behaved in a way that I would say believed in God because I think believing in God means you behave consistent with a faith in God. But 95% said they um, believe that there is a God. I looked again, it looks like in 2008 to 2010 that number drops to 85% and currently 75% of people say that they believe God exists. Which Abby, you're pointing out that's still a pretty high number. Right. I also then, you know, said, well, that's going from an A to a C, which would not be acceptable that's in right. my academic world. So, and I wonder if <laughs> that's right. We're great. <laughs> we're a great conscious group here at the yes. Lloyd Mary Baba Brunch. Yes. Um, and I think the image of God matters because let's start off with the old, the most generic image of what I think people have of God, which academic you would call. Um, or uh, supernatural theism, there's a person who's up in heaven that's God. Right. This is very clear, this is very much the belief of the Mormon church, very literally, that God has a physical body and that God has power, all power, but is has a form. Right. And this is the Monty Python. Like, let's be clear. Like, you know. It's also Monty Python. It's, it's everywhere. Honestly, isn't it also um, God walking in the garden with Adam and Eve? And God going to see Abram and saying, you're going to have a kid, and God wrestling with Jacob. Because, by the way, nowhere in the scripture does it say that Jacob wrestled with an angel. Right. It says in the italics, above it, Jacob wrestles with the angel. But in the passage, it says a man. And then that man won't give him his name. And we kind of know who that probably is. Right. So, that's in the Bible. But I think that is an easy image of God to not believe in. Right. So I think now we talk about what are other images of God. I think it's relevant because I think it's giving people a chance to think about God in a way that they can believe in. Right. And I mean, one of the first things that just becomes the problem is we live in a scientific society. God does not live in the sky above us. And we yeah. know that. So that's very easy to, to reject the idea that, yeah, God's a man hanging out up there. Right. Because we know... We've been there. Right. We've been there. We at least, you know... There are a few people who say we haven't. Right, right. But overall, we've been there. We acknowledge we've been there. God was not in that place. Right, right. We didn't crash God's party. So, and, and I think as we were talking about, that's relatively recent in terms of theology, right? I mean, 
what, 300 years ago? Yeah. No concept of that at all? Maybe even more recent than that. I don't know. Okay. So we have work to do to figure out what, what God is. But let's talk a little bit about what the scripture says. So the scripture in some places does have these descriptions of God moving with humans, right? Right. But the scripture never says this is what God is physically looks like. Would you agree? Right. And in fact, you are forbidden to make a graven image of God because you shouldn't, in fact, think about what God looks like. It is clear that it's rejecting kind of older, older ideas of God. Um, so, um, Baal is the God that is always opposed to Yahweh or El. Um, and so, this is a storm God. So there's a story of Elijah where God's not in the storm. God's not in the earthquake. God's not in all of these things where you might find these other things. There's also rejection of the goddess Asherah, who, sociologically speaking, was the consort of Yahweh. This was when they were talking about gods and goddesses like everybody else around them. This is the female companion. So you have these things that lend themselves to, yeah, God's male, God's this... But it's really far back. It's far back that it's kind of conjectured out of the Old Testament, not even written in there. And, right, and like the whole um, pa the pantheon or the court, the heavenly court. The heavenly court you can see little traces of in the Psalms right. and in the story of Job and um, other places, right, you see. Um, and that's where we talked about these other, like getting rid of the, uh, like the consort. Okay, it's never identified as like, hey, we decided we're going with radical monotheism here. Right. But you can definitely see there was a move to go to radical monotheism. Right, and we've got to kick out this image of this other person. And um, and Elohim, which is one of the words for God that's used, is plural. And El is the singular and Elohim is the plural. Right. So this is the very real, like, oh, there's there's something going on here that's, that's different. Um, in the same way, there's God of the armies, God of the hosts. Almighty God is how it would be translated in our Bibles. Right. There are a couple female feminist scholars who argue that, no, no, it's supposed to be the God of the breasts, and this was the female God, warrior God. Interesting, instead. yeah, yeah. Um, every person I've ever seen is like, no, no, they're wrong, but right. that was in a more conservative world when they talked about that. Too, <laughs> right, so. right, right. Well, and so, and the one thing we didn't say yet was the naming issue the burning bush, God refusing to give God's name, right? So, it seems like, well, in the holiest of holies, there's no statue to God. It's an empty space. So, the Hebrews worked really hard to say, anything you say about God is metaphorical. All right. And so, you were mentioning male versus female. There are a lot of male images of God. There's a lot of God as the king, God as the Lord, God as master, all that. Right. But there's also God as shepherd. There's also, frankly, God as mother giving birth. There's um, God as potter. I mean, I, I, there's no reason to take one of those metaphors. God as fire, God as right. light. And this is where it's like, no. God has clearly metaphor vocation works for God. Because we are somehow made in God's image. And that is, even in the creation stories, there's, there's some transference there. Now... It doesn't say, like, exact form. It doesn't say anything like that. But you do kind of get that, that then human vocations become images for God, as well as all of these things from natural order. Yeah. And so those are efforts to understand what God is, which are necessarily incomplete. Right. And so then we're left now with saying, 
What do we in this post-scientific revolution, post-enlightenment world believe God is? And, um, you know, we have some common ground, you and I, on, you know, we believe in a immortal God. We believe in a God that we, we did from the hymn, immortal, invisible, God only wise. And I would say it's a very classical image of God. I don't, yes. I don't know, because... You know, it, it is an interesting thing. Immortal, part of the problem is Jesus died. If Jesus is God and Jesus died, right. what do you do with that? Right. That's the scandal right there of Christianity to so many people around us. Mm -hmm. um, and so even those things are hard to say that we totally are on board right. with. So we agree it's a hard problem. Um, and I think the other thing we agree about is what matters is, it, this does matter, because if your image is of God as a person up in a faraway place that you need to behave in a certain way so he gives you a prize at the end of your life. That is a very different religion than if your image of God is that there's something special in the world and we need to live in harmony with that specialness and that's the best way to live to use the worship and wonder language. Mm -hmm. but your, your behavior is just a lot different. Your, under, your approach to scripture is different. I mean it really does, it's not purely a uh, in your head academic discussion about like well what you know what do you believe Augustine is right or Aquinas is right I mean it's it's it has some heft in how we live yeah. so let's talk Trinity okay. what's that what's the right answer for the Trinity after we all got done killing each other in the 400s or whatever it was so the right answer is that there is one divine will and three persons that cooperate in that will um, there is the first second and third person and for the sake of this conversation, we're going to use traditional masculine language because we get into problems otherwise. So Father as the first person of the Trinity, Son, and Spirit. Right. They are equal and pre-existent to creation. And that's the standard answer. That is, that is the, um, yes, standard theological answer, including the fact that you cannot understand them as an egg where one is a shell and one is the white and one is the yolk because that is modalism and that gets you into trouble. What if a, it's an apple and one is the skin and one is the meat That's and one is modalism, the seeds? Since they do, do no. three different things. This is modalism. So at the end of what the day... What about Russian stacking dolls? <laughs> no. The end of the day, how they work is it is a mystery. It is a mystery. It is All a right. mystery of our faith. One of the things that comes out of that though is that the spirit is a part of God. Right. And this is something that I think... You talked about, I mean, I think it seemed, one of the things that's important for you, I've heard a lot, is the cooperation with God. Right. So this is where I love classical Trinitarian theology. I don't give a flying flip if you actually believe the Trinity. I want you to invest in what you get out of that. Right. And one of the things is that there is a divine will. And you, I believe, are we are invited to participate in that will. The spirit that is normatively present with the church invites us to participate with what God is doing and wants done in the world. And normatively present as opposed to extraordinarily present means what? Means that we are not waiting for the great prophetic outburst like Ezekiel or those sorts of things. Ezekiel's acid trip in the Bible, you yes. know, was totally, this is, this is spirit led, this is spirit prodded. The yes. spirit is now normally present with the church. And at any moment, could do that, but is always doing something like that and always creating something new. Yeah. And then I take it a step further. Yeah. And I like the idea that was introduced to me by Marcus Borg, but is not invented by him, of panentheism, which is God is everything and then some. Mm -hmm. So everything is a part of God, and God is more than the sum of the whole of the universe. And 
that is attractive to me because I like the idea that everything has a sacredness to it. And I like the idea of God's presence being profoundly there in all things. So does that mean that I believe that God is participated in the Holocaust? Yes. I mean, that's right. I mean, that's, that has right. to come out of pantheism. And I, I don't, I mean, the understanding of evil is not fixed by pantheism, certainly, but it, it approaches, it gives the answer that to me is most meaningful, which is that evil is something that happens that is a necessary part of reality. We as human beings have idea of good and evil, and that guides us in our actions, right? And so we use that guide, but the notions of good and evil are sort of limited to human, our particular uh, interaction. So that's where I am. You're not a super fan of the panentheism. I'm not. And that conversion of panentheism is very kind of moderate by what I've heard. Okay. So Sal Sally McFaig is one of the leading panentheists, and her work is one of the ones where I was like, oh no, no this is heresy. Like this is uh -huh. bordering on paganism was very much what I felt. Uh -huh. Feels like. Well, I might, have, I might be off. So maybe I've maybe I've softened it. You, you might have. All right. Or you might have. Borg is still reading through a Christian lens in a different way. True that. Versus Sally McFaig, who I would say identifies as Christian, but mm -hmm. is intentionally kind of poking the bear. Yeah. Um, that felt a little bit, you know, like the tree spirits and druids and those sorts of uh -huh. things. It's uh -huh. Felt kind of one step away from that. Okay. So. And also, it does mean that everything is sacred. Yes. And Which you're not down with necessarily. Well. I believe God is in all places. Okay. So that is one of those things where it's like, was God in the concentration camps? Yes. The concentration camps were not of God. Is right. God in our prisons? Yes. Our prisons are not of God. Those are a product of sin. Yeah. This conversation to me is all about, there is a transcendent component in the universe that we have to strive to understand and we are better for making that effort. And so I think, to me, that's we're really always trying to get a better understanding of God, and we're never going to get it. But I think it's still valuable to have a notion that the world is more than just a physical world. Yeah. And your heresies are still welcome here. That's right. So, all right, well, there you go. That's our pro-heresy ending. Um, I think we'll wrap things up. We went a little long on this one, but it's a pretty big topic. So, um, all right. So uh, until next time, cheers.